Hello and welcome to the White Deer podcast. Uh, today we're interviewing Mark Wisdom. Hello. This is Mark. Hello, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and me and Al are firing some questions over him. This is the third of our kind of introductory um, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get going. So, uh, how did you get started as an actor? Um, Well, I think, as most actors would probably say, synchronised drinking there from uh, Alan Adam. (laughs) I think, as most actors would probably say, um, it's in many ways something that you probably started as doing when you were very young. Um, I've always acted in some form... Um, throughout like school and through to well yeah mainly mainly through school I was always in like the productions that were coming up um, and always getting involved with those I actually didn't do very much during college and uni however the few bits of acting I did then were very substantial in terms of getting to where I am now so um, yeah definitely big big moves there but yeah through through school um and um yeah many theater stage work really um it was only until i got to uni where i was in a play written by a an associate of ours someone that we know um who has who had written this uh, this play and um he was putting it to the drama society and they were going to perform it for him. I joined that society really late, and I ended up being cast as social media number two, <laughs> and I think police officer number one or something. So I wasn't really massively involved with it, but I um, sort of through that got to know the writer who said that he'd written it as a film as well, and you know, you're more than welcome to audition for it. So I did. I um, was lucky to get the part in the film version of that play, um, which turned out to be Three Emerald Eyes, which was my, technically not my first film, but the one that really set, uh, told me that this is what I wanted to do as a, as a career and that it was possible. Um, so then I've sort of transitioned now slightly towards screen-based stuff because that's what I enjoy. I think it's provides the collaboration side of things. Um, but yeah, I've sort of always done it. Um, what I would say now, though, is I'm much more... I'm a filmmaker overall, so I do a little bit of writing, a bit of producing, a bit of directing here and there. Um, but with the acting, has been the main focus, for sure. So you uh, didn't study acting at uni then? No, no. And I specifically didn't because I thought... Um, well, there's two reasons. The first reason is because I actually get a little bit... At the time, I got a little bit overwhelmed with... For example, when I was doing stage-based acting, there's a lot of rehearsal time, and then once you get into the performance, you're doing a performance every day, the same thing, sometimes twice a day. And it's great, but it can sometimes, for me, kill the passion and the excitement for a, for a piece. Um, it was only until I found, actually, the screen-based stuff that I realised I can still do the acting and not get overwhelmed because there's something different every day sort of thing, so there's that side of it. Um, the second reason why I didn't study it at uni is because I wanted to get another option in terms of 
how I could pay my bills because it's not uncommonly heard that actors don't always do anything like they cannot be successful at all um, probably won't be able to pay their bills for a long time through acting alone so I thought I'd get some something else to do that so I went and studied advertising and marketing which is great learned a lot um, life-changing actually really good gave me a perspective um, about lots of things which weren't acting and also got me on the course which meant that I met um, one of my first proper directors so um, for the for this for that through Emerald Eyes that I mentioned before, so um, and that's also how I met you, Alistair, as well. So if I hadn't done it, hadn't auditioned, hadn't gone to that yeah. dance, there's lots of things which you know if you hadn't done, you wouldn't be where you are. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a unique journey. But everyone's on that sort of uniqueness as well. So, so what's yeah. your favourite part about um, acting? Acting, favourite part. I think it's. Um, the variety of it, um, I mean, it's probably like the only career where you can say, oh, what did you do today? And every day can be something different. Um, and if you're fortunate enough to be acting all the time, which, you know, I want to be, uh, or as much as possible, and you can literally say, oh, today I was a policeman, next week I might be an astronaut or a cowboy or whatever. There is all that. There's so much variety. Um, but you're not just... You're not just having fun. There is a lot of hard work to it, and you've realised that, like everything, you've got to put in the time and effort to get the best out of it. Um, and I think it's it's probably a combination of that. So knowing that you've put in the effort and the time, but being able to have a really good good fun as well. And I don't. For me, it's just it's just sounds like an amazing amount of fun. A lot of uh, lot to it, but. Yeah. So do you think that you'd never really wanted to do just one thing? Do you think that's part of uh, the attraction to acting? I think so. And I think it stems a little bit from my parents being um, self-employed as well. So it's definitely the variety, which is great, but also the fact that um, you're kind of working for yourself in a way. So you're doing lots of different things, but it's all... Um, always changing, always um, changing because you've put work in. So whatever you put in means that you can do more varied stuff. So there's always sort of a whole kind of cycle of doing lots to get a good outcome and a more varied outcome as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. So through, through there being self-employed, it's a good like good way of, sort of sort of looking at it like that, I think. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think would be like one of the hardest things about that as well oh that's a topic <laughs> gone for a long time um i think one of the hardest things and this is very much what you might find um is the hardest things for most actors is obviously location so you're not always going to have the options where you're located for example if you're in the far north of scotland or somewhere remote or wherever where there isn't an industry chances are you're not going to find a lot which other people are providing um one of the ways that you counteract that of course is you make your own stuff but if you're not if you're an actor you don't always know how to make a film or for example or you don't always know how to get people together to put on a play so there 
so it's more actually about the people that are around you and you get more of that in in certain cities i guess it's a common thing with that you hear with actors about like moving to hollywood kind of yeah thing yeah, that, exactly but then so then i guess it, it it's not probably not solely about that, that you have to move to one of those big hubs it's kind of that you just have to find people exactly. locally to you yeah. and if there's not loads then obviously that location could be yeah even bigger but yeah. um if you are very remote but you just i guess have to find people yeah. somewhat close and exactly. then social media and stuff like that can help well, yeah that's true and this is why like it's actually it's it's probably be really good to be an actor today in terms of options so social media you can film your own stuff and send it via social media or the internet so that's one thing which has made been made easier um there are problems with that but overall i'd say it's probably a solution um there's loads of you know different ways to be seen for example um it helps that we're in the uk whereby london manchester birmingham especially from where we are in the east midlands is there are only like maybe two hours away max certain circumstances um so you can get to the main hubs quite readily in america for example hollywood is completely on one side of a, yeah. a vast vast uh, uh country to, to somewhere else um so we there's probably easier here it's probably easy here um but but yeah, I find myself very lucky in the fact that I know you two. You two fill in the skill sets which I don't have, so we can make stuff, and I can then concentrate on my acting. But then also through you, I've explored different avenues. For example, the producing stuff and things like that. So um, there's that benefit. So it's just sort of about being open to trying new things, but also uh, trying to encourage things that are taking place near to you, and just sort of finding those options like I did move to London uh, earlier this year and I thought well I'm spending so much money and time trying to live there that I'm not actually doing any of the acting back home in the East Midlands I have that available I can make projects I can make things so I'm quite lucky in that sense other people don't have that so so there is that struggle um, that's not to say I won't ever go back it's not to say you know I don't need to go back at some point but you just got to look at what's around you and who you know and who knows you and well, I think that's something that we talk about a lot about it not needing not being the be all and end all uh, having yeah. to be in in yeah. those kind of hubs yeah. I, d I don't think you need to be based somewhere to get no. necessarily get the opportunities that's you awesome. might you might maybe need to be there to to maybe meet people mm. who might give you the opportunities mm -hmm. but i think i imagine there's probably a threshold that once you're past that it doesn't matter where you are because we're, yeah. we're such a because of the internet and social media now yeah the, the sort of uh, retrospect uh, sort of perspective time and distance between people is, is so uh -huh. small now yeah, yeah you yeah. know i could i could be a in you know Carlisle, and I could give yeah. you a FaceTime exactly. and be like, oh, you exactly. know, let's yeah. talk about a new film, and, yeah. and it would be as simple as that, yeah. as opposed to back once upon a time where everyone yeah. used to have to travel and meet face to face, and it would have course, been a very yeah. different setup. Yeah. So, I think perhaps it yeah. is. W would you say it's better now um, from that point of view? Yeah, mm. yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm. That's not to say that auditions 
face-to-face auditions, for example, don't still take place, oh, no, and the vast yeah. majority are going to be in London. Yeah. So there's that. Mm. Um, but the simple fact that you can live anywhere you want and still get into contact with people and still find people online, whatever. Like there's so many Facebook groups related to to yeah. filmmaking things. Yeah. You can still do that sort of thing. Of course, face-to-face is often the best way to do things, but there's more options than ever. It's better now. It is better. Um, so yeah, the, the future's always sort of looking bright for for actors. Um, of course, there's more to can be concerned with. So, what yeah. advice then would you give to your fellow actors who are perhaps just at that point where they want to just break through, or maybe maybe even not? Maybe they're just it, it's just mm. a dream in their eyes at this mm-hmm. point. You know what? What would you say to um, them? Actually, this is really interesting. First time the other day, an actor, or what, a, a, somebody that wanted to be an actor, came to me and asked me for advice. Oh, nice. And it was. And the, the difficult part is, because I've gone to more screen, it's a little bit difficult for me to say what a stage actor must do, because actually, all the things which I can do um, remotely, a stage actor probably needs to be in a in a location where there's there's big stages to perform on for example but what i would say in terms of advice for any actor is look at what's around you realize what resources you have available and explore them to the absolute max you can you don't know what you might find but guaranteed you will learn something about lots and there is always going to be um, that case where your life experience will help you in a role which you get. So always be open to finding new things which are around you and experiencing those things and enjoying life and things like that. Be willing to try lots of different things. Um, I learned a lot from just three months in London and it's benefited me so much. So always be willing to explore different options. Look at, you know, look at the people that are around you. Um, there are definitely a few sites you can get on to sort of get work as well mandy is one of them probably one of the best ones to start out out with things like that so there's there's lots of like actual hard assistances <laughs> which you can suggest like mandy for one um and of course if you want to if anyone wants to sort of ask me more about sort of finding that sort of thing then they absolutely can um uh, they can contact me you know instagram um facebook um, Twitter as well, or through website as well. Um, usually, Mark Wisdom Actor on is a handle for most things, or www.markwisdomactor.co.uk. It's a mouthful. Um, so, if you want to ask specifically about finding those sorts of websites and things like that, absolutely. Um, but yeah, in terms of advice, just keep your eyes open. You don't always know what's coming next. You don't know what's nearby, and always think about saying yes to something. If you think if you if you think something's gonna be good but you you're unsure assuming you know it doesn't look dangerous or anything like that, just say yeah. You don't know what's gonna happen. Like if I hadn't said yes to to um that first like proper film that I did which introduced me eventually to you, where would I be? Mm-hmm. Probably not acting, so you never know. Mm-hmm. You never quite know. Mm-hmm. Of course, take the caveat that I'm still on my journey myself, so there's still yeah. lots that I don't know. So, uh, but I can only tell you 
my experience up to sort of a couple of years ago where it was obviously very different and I had no idea what I was doing. So mm -hmm. there's always a few steps which everyone can help out someone that's a few years behind them or a little bit of time behind them. Yeah. So, I think yeah. and I hope that with this podcast that we can show that we're we're not uh, we're not at the position where we actually where we definitely want to be mm. but we're heading towards that yeah. and I yeah. think that's even more of a reason to um, for people to listen and see our experiences because exactly. sometimes yeah. we might make a wrong move or something and <laughs> I think that that's you want to be learning from people yeah. that are doing it rather than yeah. people that have made it um, yeah I think that's probably important yeah but. for sure well actually one of one of the thing I would say is um, be just a good person in general as, as an actor but also a filmmaker anybody that wants to work with other people because th this is a especially acting filmmaking it's very people driven mm -hmm. so if you're not a nice person no one's really going to want to work with you so it will stick with you exactly yeah. and you'll be yeah. you'll form a reputation and I've, I've made mistakes absolutely yeah. in that regard um, and there are people that I'm sure probably wouldn't want to work with me just because at the time I didn't read the situation well mm -hmm. and that is the situation but if you can come out and say either that you've learned from it and say that you won't do it again and recognising that and knowing that at the very at least you you thought you were being the best person you could be at the time then that's what I think will get you places just being a good person to work with because people are willing to sort of take you on board and give you the opportunity I've found um, or at least the ones which will give you that opportunity are the ones which you probably will learn from the most and get the most out of so there is always that be be a, be the best person that you can be be the best collaborator that you can mm -hmm. be I would mm -hmm. say yeah yep. yeah for sure it's helped me yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure definitely so Every episode we talk about um, a film that you've been working on recently. Yeah. Uh, so what is that film for you? Um, well, may, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> done a few recently. Do you, so, do you want to talk about one you've worked with us on or one that you haven't? Uh, possibly one you haven't then. Okay. Okay, that'll be interesting. Um, so the options are for you guys. You could either talk about the after party, twenty fifty, um, or World Source, or my father's True Colors. So we've seen two yeah, of those. I think the Shadows as well. That was a student film I did earlier in the year. Check your pick. Check <laughs> your pick. I um the thing the one that sounds most interesting to me is to me is that. Uh, after party, mm, okay. yeah. one. Sure. As much as we'd like to talk about World Source, we would all talk about World Source. <laughs> I think that's going to be that's going to be a cult classic film. I've actually talked about this the least, so I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I I barely know anything about it. So okay. introduce it to me. So the After Party twenty fifty is, and it's not released yet. Um, it was filmed last year, last October, um, and. It is a. Is it a short? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it. Sh but it's still in editing, so it could go for longer. Um, <laughs> but it's a sort of a, a conceptual dystopian 
kind of the films that we 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 like that we like like the ones that you want to make the sci-fi sort of elements of um what could be mm-hmm. um set in 2050 surprise surprise yeah. <laughs> and the, the the idea behind it is that what if your life your career your marriage um was determined by the government everything mm-hmm. so you have um until you graduated from um high school um would be sort of like the the overall term like the, the high school stage um you graduated you have 10 days to then explore and experiment and do whatever the hell you want but after that you're married to who you're assigned to your job is what you're assigned with for your life i played in that a guy called tom who was a bit of a rebel because um, it suits me entirely which <laughs> to a degree yeah no it, it sort of fit which is nice um guy played tom who who he was very much re- resisting that side that post 10 day side doesn't want to think about it wants to enjoy these 10 days live it to the most so does drugs has a lot of sex and all that sort of stuff yeah. really relishes it and takes the most of that in um with results obviously he interacts with the protagonist in that film and it things happen mm. so so yeah. are you not the main character um in it i would be the main antagonist yeah okay main antagonist, which is probably what i prefer actually not 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 always being an antagonist but someone that um it could be a support or a a character actor who their purpose in the film is very particular um, has layers has depth you know you can get a lot out of it lots of different ways you can play it for example um, I think that's why, why would you opt it. for prote- um, for antagonist over protagonist then if you had the, the choice it, no it, it depends on how well written they are okay yeah. well, what about then because you could have a, you could have. Because well, yeah, it's 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 now nowadays it's very Go much on, into yeah. the char- um, the categories of anti heroes, isn't it? You yeah, get a lot of, of yeah. a lot of these kind of like true, gray true. gray area characters, true. but they still have an obstacle to overcome, mm. which would be the antagonist. Yeah. Of, the piece. Mm. But that's what I was about to say before. Like, it's it is changing, or mm. or people do really appreciate that kind of antagonist. Um, anti-hero figure um it just depends Mm. it really depends um but actors that i really admire aren't always the leading characters Mm. or they their career has changed so that they um change with that Mm -hmm. so they start out as a leading character and then develop more into antagonists or whatever there's some that do everything tom hiddleston for example and um Although, yeah, 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 I would, yeah, definitely. Although, um, they probably has Tom Hiddleston does. I don't know. Done, about, I don't think he's ever been a villain. Done films other than Thor, then. Yeah, he's yeah. done more stuff. Yes, he has. Oh wow, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, well, he did the Night Manager. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. You, 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 you should watch that. I've not seen it. I've <sighs> seen stuff about That's it. Good. It's it good. So man. good. It's so Patrick Melrose. We've talked about this before. It's not as mainstream of course it is on Sky and it's promoted and everything like that but for me that short series what 
it does for Benedict Cumberbatch and shows his range mm-hmm. to a wide audience. I think the night manager did for Tom Hiddleston. Everyone knows he's brilliantly funny as Loki. Everyone knows that. But before that, he you know did a lot of Shakespeare in The Hollow Crown. Maybe people didn't quite know him then. He wasn't as, as big, but now you can really see how talented he is. Yeah. Same with um, Richard Madden as well. So mm-hmm. people know him from Game of Thrones, but what else beyond that until he did that and you see really god this guy's amazing mm. um so what were we talking about <laughs> well i was gonna <laughs> be like types and things like that yeah, so. yeah I, I was gonna ask for because from our point of view we need to be familiar with like the whole film or we're working uh, yeah. on the whole sure, sure. film from start to finish yeah how does it differ for an actor if you're, uh, I'm guessing you're not in every single scene. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, it, it varies, and a lot of it depends on the team that you have working with you um, and how much interaction you have with the director, for example. Um, and everyone is different. There are a few things which, for example, if you get into doing a lot of TV work, um, you can often come in for a day and they will expect you to know to give your performance on that day and then that's it you're you're done of course when you get to helming projects and being the leading projects or being a significant part of it then it's obviously helpful to you to know how the story progresses but generally most actors in stuff i guess are never going to be in every single scene true and that, that i would say on the whole it would be good to have to have a overall picture of mm. the story and things like that, so you can work on the characterization. So if you know where your character ends up, you've got to realise what are the sort of seeds which mean that they can get there, and you can work them into sort of the scenes that you are in throughout. Yeah. Um, is that sort of what you mean? Because obviously, there's. Yeah, just I I was just curious to how that feels because we're. Mm we're involved in yeah like every scene regardless of true actor true so i just i just uh, thought that's that was interesting mm. for like mm. for you you could go a a day where other scenes are being yeah. filmed that you're not a part of and, yeah i mean but you still need to pl- you still need to be in the yeah. film just yeah. as much as it's good us to have, really it's useful to have an, an awareness of things um it's yeah, it's useful. I, I would say often when you don't know what's been taking place, it's always just good to be surprised when you see it all come together. Yeah. If you're aware of scenes, of course, then you can use them in your performance that you're not involved with. You can use it in your performance. Um, sometimes it's good not to know. So it, as in real life, if your character isn't there at the time, then it yeah. you know they're sort of blind to that side of things. Um, in a practical sense, sometimes it's good, and some actors do actually still go and to the studio, regardless of whether they're in that scene for the day. For example, if it's um, getting the alt, the, the reverse of a close-up, the reverse close-up in the scene, sometimes they'll still go and give the reverse performance. So some yeah. actors do mm-hmm. like to be involved as much as they can um, in that sense. Um, but it is a weird thing sometimes to mm-hmm. not know anything about one project yeah. that you've worked on for so long because it's been like on Game of Thrones there's, you know, there's people that never met because yeah. they're working in different mm-hmm. countries for yeah. eight seasons yeah. or whatever 
So it's a, it's a weird thing, and there's no real way to sort of, I don't know, sort of relate to it, I suppose, because mm. you are working with, you guys are working all the time for, uh, during it, but I suppose there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's more time in pre-production in certain circumstances with that, so there's more done then for actors, yeah. depending on the, how it works, how it's going to pan out with yeah. the director and things like that. And, and then obviously your your job is done um, when the cameras stop rolling most yeah, of the time, yeah. unless there's any ADR True. or something. True. But So then you're, I mean, you also, how much do you feel that you kind of leave your performance in the hands of like, the editor afterwards, uh, and uh, like, because you can feel like it's great, and then no changes. It's yeah, subject uh, to editing. Yeah. Well, of course, you have to leave. Eventually, you have to leave it in the hands of someone else, the director. Proper, proper for me, it's like just say as long as the director's happy, I'm happy. If they're happy, then I can trust that in their head they know that the big picture whatever you've done fits in so the editing process will be um will work yeah with your performance um i personally am never quite happy with something but if it i can i know i can sense that it something feels good and that it was sort of the best that i could give at the time and then i'm sort of satisfied but as long as the director's happy i'm okay to leave something leave something be and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I think I've actually learned the most about my own way of doing things when a director, you can sense that the director isn't quite satisfied, but maybe you have to move on through time constraints. I've definitely remem remembered those moments and be like, okay, so how can you be more um, flexible with things? And then you try and work that into how you do things and then it will help the next project that you work on. But... Yeah, if if the director seems happy, should be good. <laughs> should be good. <laughs> so, yeah. what were were there any challenging um, parts of that of For that the after, film? The yeah. Yes. Um, Performance wise, so I've working with, for example, you uh, as a director, I've become very used to having lots of communication in pre-production. Now, it's not to say that we didn't have a lot of communication, but um, it was certainly less less than what I'm used to. So there, for me, personally, the challenge was how to develop a character and trust that what you're doing will be right for the director on the, at the time. Especially with shorter films where there's a, usually a big theme or a, a particular point which you're trying to make during the film. If you're characterization doesn't hit that theme or point you've missed something and then you might feel separate to the overall goal of course that applies elsewhere but sometimes you know when you're on tv and you're you're playing the dad of the murder victim or whatever and you're there for like five minutes you just have to play a convincing dad fine but in a short film you have to be you have to realize that there's probably going to be some kind of condensed idea so if I don't have contact with the director, I then have to trust myself to hit that and understand. And at the time I was living in the East Midlands and the film was in London. And the only way I could contact was with the director was either through emails or maybe social media or something. And it's not always easy to understand the message which comes through 
So there was that challenge um, for sure. And I think you just have to try your best really. Make the most out of any rehearsals that you do have. Hopefully at the time um, on the day you will have prepared enough that you're flexible if the director wants something different. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the sort of work that we have to do and I think that definitely came to, to a head in that project. Following on yeah, from that, then, what, yeah, what yeah. would learning from the, the challenges sure. you faced there, yeah. how would you use those experiences to perhaps, what would you do differently yeah. if you're doing it again or if it was for a different project? Well, that particular film? Yeah. Um, I would say... Is, I, I actually was quite happy with how I approached that film, mm -hmm. but what I would say I learned is because it, it was one of my first time doing it like that for another short film, not related to how I've done it before. What I tried was to do as much work as I could and then just almost ask the director as much as I could if I was on the right lines. So I tried that in approach and it seemed to work. So what I learned, I would say, was that that kind of worked and to mm. probably do it again. Um, what I would possibly say the biggest lesson was to do as much work as you can, know your lines and everything like that, so that and just practice with lots of different emotions and, yep. and options. And then that way, if the director is not communicating with you, for example, the, in a worst case scenario, you have no communication in a in a conceptualized film just have the weapons in your arsenal if you like mm. have the have the have as much as you can possibly have personally and you've done your job the best you can do it is a team-based thing anyway so mm. i think that's what i would say is just and what i learned from that film was that the more i did more preparation than i would probably do individually and it paid off to mm. a degree and it seemed to work at the time um, but I haven't seen the performance yet, and I don't know if I would want to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether if, if you know if she seemed happy, like the, the director at the time seemed happy. So that that's good enough for me. Like, yeah. it's, it's always a case of uncertainty, I think. Yeah, with, for, whether it works. So what about this then? So say for example, um, you're working on a film, and mm -hmm. you have the choice between mm -hmm. the director. So for all your fellow actors out there. So yeah. you've got the director who tells you exactly everything they want to see you do okay. from facial expressions to movements uh -huh. to the way you say your lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is an extreme and I know yeah. everyone sits on the spectrum, but there are directors have, like that. Though, yeah. So yeah, that one yeah. to the one who completely kind of says, um, I'd like you to interpret the script in your oh, own way. Everyone. Yeah. Mm. Which which is favourable? I mean, you can if I had to choose one of those options. Yeah. If okay, yeah, we'll say that, but then we'll say which you'd yeah. which you'd favour over. Okay. Yeah. So I would rather have freedom. Have freedom. The, that would go because, yeah. and it works slightly for different actors, but I think, for me personally, I work with maybe like flow and mm. immersing myself in the scenario, and. If something doesn't feel right, if I'm given, being given a direction which doesn't feel right, it's really hard sometimes to incorporate that 
it's the characterization that you've done. Yeah. It goes back to being flexible. But if somebody's really asking you to raise your eyebrow at a certain stage or something like that, yeah, yeah. Um, or to have a particular teardrop falling at a certain time, and God, that's pressure. And you need to be so, the best performances come when you're relaxed. Mm. And I'm not saying that the best, you know, things can't work like that. Some films have been done like that where it's been quite specific. Yep. Um, but, but whatever can be done to keep the actors relaxed usually pays off, or at least it does for me. Mm. Um, but I think it helps to have done the pre-production work yeah. in rehearsals in order to do that. So, yeah. you know, you know your lines like the back of your hand. Uh-huh. You don't have to worry about that. Um, you know yeah. roughly what kind of blocking you're going to do, what kind of actions you're going to do. If that's all comfortable, you can usually work with a director and sort of, mm-hmm. if they want you to move an arm at a certain time, you can yeah. usually do it. But I would edge towards being a bit free, I suppose. Yes. So you can explore a scene and get the most out of it. Of course, time yeah. constraints and yeah, just getting yeah, away. Of course, but of course, that's yeah. sort of what I lean towards. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It doesn't always work. <laughs> no, of course. It doesn't always work. Shall we move on to uh, some questions to get to know you a bit more? Okay. So, how do you like to relax? Um... A few different ways, I suppose. Um, gaming is good. Like, uh, like a bit of gaming. Um, don't do it as much now, actually. I think I think it's the same thing. Once you get started in this, if you're really committed, you never switch off. So it's like whenever whenever I play a video game or whatever. So it's like, well, should I be doing this or should I be doing something productive? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so is that what I really like to do is paint a little bit of painting good um particularly like warhammer and stuff it's it's nerdy it really is but it's oh, character defining it's character. <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> i think it's one of those things like i did it as a kid and then a lot of people drop off but there's so much you can get out of it and there's so much socially you can get out of it as well you can find friends through it and things like that and it's quite relaxing to just just be there painting like so chill and you can listen to podcasts like the white deer podcast <laughs> while you're doing it um listen to podcasts audiobooks things like that it's a good way to allow for other things to come into your life as well so you can multitask in that sense and do it and it's another skill um yeah really like that and if you want to follow my my painting work um uh, on instagram it's studio culverin so, gotcha. yeah, yeah there you go yeah, all right. That's it, maybe. What about uh, what's the the weirdest thing about you? Okay, the weirdest thing I is so I have a an odd obsession with Andy Murray, Sir Andy Murray. Mm. So you should be a, yeah. I, what kind of obsession? So, well, it's, it's all <laughs> clean now. <laughs> so can see. Um, I just really like I follow his career quite religiously mm-hmm. and just like like it's almost like a, a joke amongst my some of my friends especially my, my previous girlfriend she always used to say oh is Andy on TV today 
oh, that's it, I'm not going to get to speak to you mm. for a while. Oh, uh, why don't you go marry him? <laughs> Things like that. It's just like, because if, it, if, if he was playing, I'd watch. Mm. And I've watched him play at like three o'clock in the morning because just because he was playing, I would actually change my sleep patterns to watch him play. Yeah, yeah it, it, like... <laughs> 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 You're learning something new. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, there's been a couple of times where um, he's, it's, for example, the US Open or the Australian Open, and it would have been like the final or semi finals been played at midnight, starts at midnight or one o'clock. I would go to bed, I'd come in from work, I'd go to bed at maybe 6 pm, have a bit of sleep, get up for the match, watch the match. And then go back to bed. But the trouble with tennis is that it, it's not defined as to when it will finish. So yeah. it can go on for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. So you, the, the remainder of sleep that you get is you can't predict it. So I think there's one occasion where I would I got up at, uh, I think, three o'clock to watch a match. And oh, some, sort, some sort of time, stupid o'clock in the morning. And the match went on and on and on until I actually had to go to work the next day and leave it. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. a really good, he's an inspiration in many ways. Yeah. Um, and all tennis players are. It's changing the subject completely. Yeah. Um, but particularly him, I just think like, he got me into tennis watching it. I can't play for, for, mm. at all. I can't play. <laughs> but I think it's like, it's good to sort of, it's sort of similar in a way to an actor. So, and that to, a tennis player has to do so much work to then on the day give it their all. And I think he works really hard. Mm. Like the guy's had major surgery and wants to come back. It's inspiring. Mm. There you go. Mm. Something new. Nice. Don't you knew that? Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what are you not very good at? Oh, lots. <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> This is why I really hope this works out because anything else, I'm just rubbish. Um, <laughs> I think that's similar with a lot of creative people, like really fairly unemployable in every yeah, other way. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. you've got a good degree though. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to. Actually, do so it. do you. <laughs> it's just me. Oh, I don't know. You can't do much with international relations, really. Oh, can't you? No. It sounds yeah. good. Though. Well, it it's, sounds good. It sounds <laughs> good, international yeah. film festival, and you're going to build relationships. True. Yes. Didn't think of that. No. In fact, we're relying on you now yeah. to bring in the international your... community. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I've done it. But definitely maths. Mm-hmm. No. Does it second that? Yeah. Does it improve to you if you put a pound sign in front of it? That's a bit easier to do maths <laughs> then, isn't it? <laughs> It has just a purpose to it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think probably leading on from that is doing a lot of projects which actually it's it's, it's not always clear as to what the benefit you're going to get from them. So I'm in the point of my career now where I should be looking for things that pay and pay relatively well. Um, It's difficult. For an actor, of course it is. That's what I'm trying to diversify and do a bit more production, a bit more writing to add to the, you know, the wage packet, if you like. Um, 
but yeah, doing a few things which I maybe probably should say no to because it's going to take up so much time. But mm. you learn from everything. So, but yeah, definitely maths. Mm. I'm really bad at maths. <laughs> yeah. Really bad at maths. Yeah, so definitely bad. get that. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Mental maths as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if I went back and did my sats, yeah, my my main tests, yeah, I'd be terrible. I don't know. It might not be as bad as you think. Well, what about seven eights? Fifty six. Yeah, 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 but five, six, seven, eight. That's easy. Okay. Well, oh, so you're talking like if we're doing like one hundred and thirty-two times. Yeah, but to be fair, like, I don't mean to think many people will know. No, I know. Yeah. And if you yeah. do, you probably yeah. should be a mathematician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a, something yeah. in that field. But that, I guess, and I suppose, maybe get too hooked on one thing at one time. Mm -hmm. So. I'd say I'm more an alright multitasker, but I like to devote a lot mm. at one stage, yeah. and I'll put push aside other things. So socially, I might lose out on seeing people and things like that. But I think that's probably what most people go through anyway, because mm. it's a very, I mean, especially when you you work freelance, it's difficult to keep up the balance, mm. the balance between. Um, not been doing my vocal exercises. <laughs> uh, balance between like social life and mm. things like that. But it's, yes. Everyone goes through that, but it's maths. Mm -hmm. So, uh, mm -hmm. can you tell us about any uh, future projects you're working on that you can share with us? I can. Um, the main one right now is a project called Conviction Without Remorse. Um, we always shorten that to CWR. <laughs> um, yeah. But it is a short film, which we, we well, I, I think is going to go and do quite well. Um, it's about... A sort of loophole in the justice system which came about in well we setting it in the 70s probably could have been done before but essentially um, in the 1970s the security in um, prisons um, or courthouse cell cells was lax enough that it's feasible that with a few careful choices, a um, prisoner could just walk out of the prison because the checks weren't there, cameras weren't, you know, CCTV wasn't there. It is a feasible thing that this could happen, and it's sort of playing around with the what if and how do you get there, and just looking at that idea, whilst being grounded in you know good characterization, good 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 characters and story. We hope mm -hmm. we say that. I co-wrote it with you, so it might be rubbish. <laughs> uh, but you know, we we hope it's. We both like the concept. I think um, we both like what we've done with it, and it's gonna it's gonna really challenge us in many ways. Like um, producing for me, that's a big one. Um, acting wise, it's gonna challenge. I think working with a few other actors that I've never worked before, it's always a challenge, but it's always a pleasure when you know you have build a good relationship with them. Um, it's going to be that. What role that. are you playing in Conviction? I'm Rambles? playing the junior barrister. We never find out his true name. Um, somewhat intentionally, I would say. Um, and he is the guy that... Um, so, in the very opening of the film, a the lead actor, the lead character, sorry, is uh, Dominic Farrier, is sentenced to life in prison. Um and then he is taken down to the waiting cell where he's wait, being waited. He's waiting to be transported to prison for the rest of his life. Um, however, 
he calls on his junior barrister, so his barrister's assistant, who in, in those times it was quite um, readily accepted that the junior barrister would do a lot of the legwork, leg speak to prisoners. One of the fun facts we found out when we were doing the research is that the barrister would sometimes send in the junior barrister if they were a bit scared of the prisoner. They would just send in the other person because <laughs> they don't want to get hit or something. Yeah. Um, so it's quite. A, it was interesting, and it obviously helps me because I'm not that old yet, and I don't look that old yet, <laughs> so I can't play a barrister as such. So it's helped. Um, but yeah, he, he's a guy that has the conversation with Dominic Farrier, um, the sentenced prisoner, who lets on that the case might not be as clear-cut as first thought. And through their conversations, we find out that, yeah, maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't, maybe there's something more to this. Um, I'm assuming that's as much as you can say without giving spoilers. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But it's kind of... Or else we just won't make it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Just tell me now. But it's yeah. actually, based on the times that we're setting it as well, um, it's a good look at the dynamics between an educated person the junior barrister and also dominic farrier who is a from a more traditional working class background so there's that dynamic as well it plays we'd say that for sure like that definitely comes into it and is explored um yeah there's a few things we're exploring um but it, we we think it's going to do quite well mm -hmm. we think, well we hope it does mm -hmm. you know yeah. all faith all faith definitely yeah, yeah. so uh that will hopefully be done by this time next year and yes. at festivals I guess we hope so um, yeah. so uh, is there a, do you have any other goals to achieve by kind of this time next year career wise yeah yeah um, so I've recently signed on with an agent so by this time next year I would love to have a really good working relationship with them um, as a priority um, and so that they can understand me and what sort of my goals are for things um, but also I'd like to do more feature films and I'd like to work with a lot more um, with a wider variety of directors because I'm saying this from a very particular experience Paul there's guaranteed to be many different ways of working and there are obviously there are um, so I'd love to work with as many directors as possible just to learn share collaborate do a lot um, yeah in particular I think couple more features would be good more feature films taking what what I've done with a few characterizations and then broadening it out more so I get more experience with that that'd be really really useful because keeping the keeping the character um, believable throughout a more extended period of time is always useful always trains you um, but then building in a bigger flow of their arc for example that would be really helpful um, yeah more 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 features mm -hmm. and finally what would you like to achieve in your sort of personal life outside of career uh, I'd like to and it's going to sound really sad <laughs> make more friends <laughs> well maybe <laughs> I'll wrong with that <laughs> no no well, well I get I think a lot of this career is based around working on yourself a lot you do collaborate with a lot of people um, but there are times when you're so busy auditioning for things and traveling and working on projects and whatever and writing and doing things which 
take up a lot of time. I mean, you, you don't st- stick in a nine to five pattern always. You do work all the time, all day. Yeah. Um, and I've let a lot of my previous social um, options go. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So just like to sort of let let it be able to let it go a little bit. Maybe focus on things a, a bit more so I can um, delegate my time better. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I suppose one. Yeah, that. I know it sounds really sad, no, but but also maybe travel more, like you like you've suggested. Mm. See more things. Broaden my horizons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cliche, but very valid. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not enjoy <laughs> enjoy life whilst whilst you've got one? Yeah. I uh, I think it's quite interesting when you hang around with people who don't know or do anything to do with film, yeah. and you can have a conversation, like spend yeah. a whole night talking to them yeah. where they don't know a, a thing, a thing mm-hmm. and they they and don't you, ask you because exactly. they don't care yeah. like yeah. how films are made or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of quite... Mm. Because I think sometimes we have, like when we introduce ourselves as having... Yeah. A job like what we do is kind of exciting to some people. I know, but I know. then if someone doesn't ask you about it, it's kind of like, mm. yep. right, we're just talking about <laughs> random stuff all night that like that isn't what yeah. I think about all day. So it's kind yeah. of quite nice. But you've you've always got like odd bits of trivia. So like everyone loves films, or most people love films anyway. But everyone sort of can talk about films. But maybe you've got like a little bit of oh I know how they did that and things like that. So it. It's one of those good careers where you can transpose it really well into real life. Um, but yeah, most people feel I found this really exciting. Um, oh, you're you're a filmmaker. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. When you're gonna roll the red carpet out and things like that. <laughs> when you're breaking in the billions and things like that. So uh, that's one of those one of those things. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have a break. Um, I guess just to. And do you want to um, do you want to say goodbye and uh, say and goodbye. give us a um, a bit of a teaser as to yeah. uh, the future of yeah. the podcast? Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for for watching, uh, listening. If you're if you're um, listening on the podcast, um, that makes up our three interviews. So hopefully you've got to know us a bit better. Um, of course, if you want to know more, we're always available on social media. Um, through emails as well and we'll put links in the relevant places for you to be able to contact us but of course if you're watching on youtube remember to like subscribe if you think we could do something better or if you just want to sort of say what you did like leave a comment um you can do that on social media as well we'd love to hear it um yeah um the future of the podcast will now change slightly so obviously we're together um we we live quite locally um and quite close to each other we would hope that people from all across the world will get in touch with us and want to be on our podcast. So we're not expecting people to fly fly to the UK to do that. So if you want to be on our podcast in the future, um, we will sort out some, some sort of way of communicating, either via Skype or another kind of video-based service and something like that. Probably Skype. Um, and we will do roughly what we've been doing now, um, but just obviously from where you are, where we are, and hopefully it'll go okay um, but thank you very much for listening to to me and to, to us do these first few interviews yeah we'll keep them coming thank you very much thank you very much bye, bye.